Hi, my name is Carmen Rivera, and I am the host of Queers Converse. I am really excited to launch this podcast. It has been over a year in the making, and with the support of Beauty Boys, we are finally doing it. And so here we go. I have been asked to answer a few questions um, about the podcast, what Queers Converse is, who I am, and they um, are awesome questions. I'm not the most comfortable in front of the camera when it's just me. See, queers converse, which is kind of a play on words, is supposed to be about other people and telling their stories. And so queers converse is supposed to be like queers, like myself, um, just having conversations about their stories, their experiences, who they are. And having conversations, conversing, and conversely, Google it, conversely talking about the contradictory roles that we may walk in throughout our lives. Some people may be familiar with the term code switching, and that is kind of was another inspiration for this podcast, because if you, you know, if you're a person of color, and, you know, you've worked in a predominantly white field or a white, you know, area, you understand what code switching is. You understand why it is to wear, like, a different mask or to act differently, speak differently, be different, to adapt to the environment that you are in. And the same thing goes for queer folk. The thing with queer folk is you can't tell that we're queer. And I think it's difficult still today to be queer and to walk through this world to be a professional. And I want to be like a positive role model because coming out, growing up, I didn't see queer professionals like myself out there. I still don't really see a lot of like queer professional leaders um, who, identif who I identify with. And... I guess 2020, you know, it's been the year. And for, for me, it's like a year of change and necessary change. And so I want to be the change I want to see, right? And so I'm here. I'm launching a podcast. I'm hosting it. And so in addition to just having conversations with, with queers, I'm going to be having conversations with queers who have, the, I think, really important stories to tell and really important perspectives to share. And I say that because... Being queer isn't something we always wear on our sleeve. It isn't something that's tattooed on our forehead. It isn't as prevalent as race. Being queer is something that you can hide. And oftentimes, I know I have, and I think a lot of people have been in a position where they've had to hide their, hide their queerness. And they've had to put on different masks to walk through this world. And that's another part of the conversation is talking to queers who've had to wear various masks to walk through this world and society that we live in. I'm really excited to like bring these narratives to the forefront, to the light, to tell these stories, because I believe that sharing and educating and storytelling is essential to expanding people's knowledge and understanding and overall just view in the world. It isn't fair of me to have people 
ask people to come onto my podcast to share their stories, share their experiences, and not be vulnerable myself, right? And to share who I am because you need to know who I am if you want to tell your story with me. And I hope that if you're interested in being on this podcast, that you reach out, email queersconverse at gmail.com. So I'm an adjunct professor at Seattle University. I have been doing that since 2017. My main passion and profession right now is education. And um, teaching at Seattle University is my um, main focus because I love it so much. It's what brings me the most joy. And um, before that, prior to that, I worked as a case manager for King County for two and a half years, and I worked as a coordinator at a juvenile rehabilitation facility prior to that for three years, and I was a counselor at that same juvenile facility for two years prior to that. I worked in public service, and I was um, a government employee for over seven years. I got out of graduate school, and I went right into the workforce, and... I loved it and I learned a lot and I also learned a lot of what is wrong with our systems and that was another motivator and focus for me to become an educator and to teach. I started teaching part-time in 2017 and now it's just something I'm focused on more full-time. I left the county earlier this year because they wouldn't let me flex my schedule to teach anymore and because I was hourly, they didn't have to let me flex my schedule. And so they kind of made me choose between working for King County or teaching something that I love to do. And I broke the golden handcuffs. In King County, we call them the golden handcuffs. I broke the golden handcuffs and I left. And now I just teach. And I'm doing this podcast. I also do trainings and facilitate conversations as kind of a side hustle. Um, on race, equity, diversity, inclusion. I would teach my colleagues on how to be more aware of their biases, racism, systematic racism, institutionalized racism. And I've learned that that's something I'm really good at and something I enjoy doing is teaching, um, educating, facilitating conversations. I really enjoy seeing that light bulb turn on for people, helping people understand and come to their own understanding of what's going on around them. And so I believe education is really important. In addition to teaching, um, I also have modeled for Tomboy X. And Tomboy X is a really dope queer-owned underwear company based in Seattle. And I was discovered by their then art director, Shenna, um, in 2014 or 15. And I modeled for them sporadically. Also, um, a lot of people know me from the parties I used to throw. I was an event organizer for a certain dating app, a queer ladies dating app. You may have heard of it. There's many. There's there's a lot of dating apps out there, but you may have known me and my partner Jazz to throw some really incredible parties called Queerdom. We also threw um, a fund, like fundraisers. We threw panel conversations about dating and race in the queer community in Seattle. We had parties where we had, you know, predominantly like queer attendees, anywhere from like 250 to a thousand people would show up to these parties. And so 
uh, we saw ourselves kind of as community leaders. I've been a part of Seattle queer community for, wow, a long time. <laughs> like 12 years. I've been a part of the queer community in Seattle for over 12 years. And I was throwing parties um, for the queer community for almost two years. Yeah. And so we left that particular um, for-profit dating site um, in April or May of this year. And we joined the Beauty Boys Collective. And now we're doing this podcast. So depending on how you met me, depending on how you, you know, where you met me, you may have met kind of a different version of me. You may have met the Carmen who was organizing and ran around with her head cut off at, um, you know, at Fred Wildlife or Timber Room or at another venue at, you know, at a queer party, um, just getting everything going. You may have met me um, while I was working for King County or while I was teaching at Seattle University. You may have met me, you know, through an Instagram post or, you know, simply seeing the model in Tomboy X's Pride campaign last year. Hell, you may know me from go-go dancing back in like 2015 and 16 for Hot Flash. For a lot of you who've been around the queer scene in Seattle for a while and know of Hot Flash and Inferno, I was one of their go-go dancers many years ago. And um, that's just another side of me. And for the longest time, I didn't think all those different roles I filled could coincide you know, I thought they were mutually exclusive, and they're not. And that's another reason why I started this podcast, why I wanted to launch this podcast. Because who I am hasn't always fit in to where I am. And I say that because, you know, I'm a queer woman of color. I, you know, I teach for the criminal justice department at Seattle University, like I've said. And I've mentioned already, academia is very very white. It's very misogynistic. It's a difficult place I get for, I think, a lot of people. Um, I love it because I just, I relish in learning and knowledge and, you know, that's just where I thrive. I enjoy having really critical conversations. I love being challenged. I love learning from my students. Um, I love teaching them. So, I wanted to also create like a more informal conversation, something a little bit less structured, I guess, to really bring in other um, other people's stories. You know, you can be a model and a teacher. You can go go dance and work for a nonprofit. You can be a burlesque performer and run for city office. I think you can do all of those things. I don't think they are mutually exclusive. And I think what I want this podcast to really do is to tear down the stereotypes and tear down the idea that if you're this, you can't be this. If you are a mother, you can't be a sex worker. If you are a teacher, you can't be a dancer. If you are a government official or a government professional, you can't be queer. I want, I want to, I want to dispel those ideas in this platform. So that's who I am. And that's what I hope to achieve with Queers Converse. I am so grateful to the Beauty Boys Collective because they are helping us produce this podcast. They are supporting us. They are providing us a platform. And I felt that if 
I was going to be vulnerable and share who I am and answer these questions, well then, so do they, right? I'm sure you all want to know who the Beauty Boys are, the Beauty Boys Collective, this amazing organization that Jazz and I joined in May. And they are doing, they have done incredible things. They are doing incredible things. They're an amazing nonprofit. And so I took some time and I FaceTimed my teammates on the Beauty Boys and asked them some questions. And so I'm going to share those with all of you. So not only do you know who I am as the host of Queers Converse, you know who my team is. You know the people who are behind me. We meet weekly as a team. And I think, you know, we're even more than that. I think Beauty Boys and Jazz and I are new. So I don't, I feel like we're still like settling in. But they're definitely a family. And like they welcome you in with open arms. And they're an amazing collective. I'm so excited to be a part of them. And so I asked them a lot of great questions. I just want to ask a few questions since um, we're teammates on Beauty Boys. So I guess I want to start with your name, preferred pronouns, and where do you grow up? Where do you reside? Where do you like identify your location? Uh, sure. So my name is Bree Patton. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, and I have been in Seattle for about three years, I want to say now. Um, and I'm currently living more on the south side. My name is the one and only, uh, Kimber Shade, aka, well, my real name's Henry, but my stage name is Kimber Shade. Um, right now I reside in Portland, Oregon, and, um, I'm from New Jersey originally. My name is Jasmine Smith. I, I prefer our she day, and I grew up in New York, uh, so Left there and then moved to San Diego, and now I'm here in Washington. Happy to be here. My name is Wesley Perger, and my pronouns are he, him, and I'm from Houston originally, lived in Seattle now for seven years, and came here from New York City, where I lived for almost nine. Wow, all over. Yeah, the big triangle. My name is Caleb Dameron. Um, my pronouns are he, him. And uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and now I live in beautiful, sunny Seattle, Capitol Hill. My name is Ekaterini Makradakis, but I go by Kat. Uh, she, her for my pronouns, and I'm originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And right now I'm at home in my jacuzzi tub with a face mask, pampering myself with bubbles. Have I told you that bubble baths are, like, my favorite thing in the world? Especially after work, like, when you just need to soak in the <laughs> Yes. And what's your profession outside of Beauty Boys? What do you do besides the Beauty Boys empire? Sure, yeah. Well, uh, I don't really consider myself someone who has a profession. My passion is in video production, and so I'm currently working on my career in that. And that is through Beauty Boys, through freelance projects, picking up small film projects, PA gigs, all that good stuff. Um, hopefully, this will all eventually lead to directing a feature film of some kind or opening my own production uh, company. So that'd that's cool. my goal, and that's what I'm working towards. <laughs> that'd be really cool, yeah. I love that you call it your, pa your passion versus your profession. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the, what the stuff you have been putting out, especially on the Beauty Boys Instagram page, has been incredible. Thank you. <laughs> like, beyond. I didn't even know, like, you, like, all of it is just so impressive. 
Well, I am a graphic designer. Um, getting into film, that has been um, on my to-do list, and finally able to jump into that. Uh, and yeah, I'm a photographer, um, just a creative person overall. I wear many hats. Yes, you do. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so I think that when it all boils down, I have a really, I have a passion for uh, helping people and for working with people. And so that translates into a lot of different things. I love drag and I love art because I like the way that it, people can experience it. Um, I love uh, makeup because of the way it makes people feel. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, outside of Beauty Boys, I am a professional titty wrangler. I am a bra <laughs> fit expert, so all day I help women get into the right bras. And it's actually super fun. I love it because it just, like, it's the best thing ever to watch a woman walk in and she's, like, not feeling herself. And you get her in the right bra with her boobs in the right place. She walks out, like, three inches taller. I love that. Oh my god, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Wow, you are a kitty wrangler, aka a bra fitter. Yes. Okay, so when you said kitty wrangler, I actually thought you meant like a real kitty wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you just love pe making people feel good. I do. That's definitely, I'm like an empath, so when other people feel good, I feel good too, so definitely the way I like to operate. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel very similarly. What is your role in Beauty Boys? So I'm the executive director and yeah, kind of been here from the beginning. Beauty Boys sits under um, sits under another organization called Forward Flux that I'm the uh, founder of. Mm -hmm. So been really collaborating and kind of like uh, innovating with Beauty Boys since the beginning. It's been awesome to see how it's grown. And how do you how do you describe your like contribution or your um, what you contribute to the Beauty Boys Collective? Um, I sit behind the scenes and whisper in everyone's ear. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean I sign all the checks. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very important. Very um, important. Yeah. yeah, really help to make sure that you know the organization is staying like financially sound, um, and that yeah, like you know negotiating all those contracts mm -hmm. and also. You know, helping out with folks that might be coming in that are looking to learn some of those administration skills. Um, I also do work, you know, like recruiting for our board of directors, making sure that the board is, you know, all up and running and functional. And then, uh, yeah, contribute like creative ideas and, you know, just kind of like dream big with the, with the collective on what our productions look like. So you do a lot of like the important behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you're kind of like the, um, you know what I think of, what I just thought of right now is, um, oh my god, in the Wizard of Oz, you're like the wizard. Yes! <laughs> yes, but you can look at me, I'm behind the curtain. Yes, a big difference, <laughs> notable difference. Yes. I am the founder and creative director of Beauty Boys, so what that means is a lot of the projects have started with me, um, and... Uh, I'm the biggest number one cheerleader for Beauty Boys. That's what I do. <laughs> I am, you know, I think the most important thing that I do on all of our projects is I connect people. I've been in Seattle for 
over 10 years now. Um, and I have great connections throughout the community. So I think that's probably my number one, my number one thing that I consistently do. Um, I do a lot of the fun administrative work. And um, a lot of the times at the parties, I'm the face at the door, making sure you have a ticket and coat checking. Oh, is that why you're wearing the mask right now? So people don't recognize you? Because you've had to turn some people away, I bet. I have, yes. So I'm just kind of like, the fun, I'm the, I'm the, the caboose, the choo-choo train, no, I contribute because I like to bring positivity, and I love, I love people's ideas, and I have a lot of creative ideas myself, so being able to, um, link up and talk to people who are on that level as well, um, is really, really great, um, so I contribute, I like to produce things, um, I'm also a drag queen, I do makeup, um, and just anything that anybody in the collective needs, of me, I try to, you know, become that person. Oh, yeah, you're incredible. You have done, like, in the short time that I've known you, you've contributed so much, and even just over pride, like, I don't even know if you slept at all. You are incredible, so. Thank you, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, still pretty new, so I don't have, like, an official title, but I worked on the, uh, Sail Pride drag, uh, performance. I was the assistant producer. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm also working on Cruise Converse as the uh, production team. So how did you get involved with Beauty Boys? Like, how did you and Caleb come together? Mm-hmm. So when um, when I first moved to Seattle, uh, Caleb was my neighbor, and um, we both like just like we're like obsessed with Halloween. I'm, I'm like a theater kid at heart. Like I'm a theater producer, director, former actor. And one year for Halloween, um, we were th- uh, my husband and I were throwing a Halloween party, and Caleb was throwing a Halloween party, and we ended up roping in a whole bunch of the other neighbors to all open up our apartments and have like a group Halloween party, which turned into Beauty Boys Go Boo Part One, and it's about to turn six this year. So that was the very first kind of like iteration of beauty boys and that's where it all started in our humble abode at 1717 summit avenue right here on capitol hill that is incredible (laughs) yes i was going to university for digital technology um more focused on website development and design uh and you know i was my junior year and i was in a class that i did like taught by a professor i did admire And, you know, he was giving us a a bit of a lecture, and he said, you know, you're all here to get a job, and we're here to help you get a job, and that's why you come to school, to da 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 and it was basically something about the institution of college, and it was just in that moment that I realized, as I sat in that classroom, that, oh, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to develop websites and, uh, you know work in a company creating someone else's media. And I realized that I was like wasting my time, wasting my professor's time, that my seat could be given to someone who truly would enjoy the college atmosphere and get a lot from a college education. It's clearly something I wasn't getting for whatever reason. So I um, decided to leave and I dropped out of school. And that kind of set me on my journey of discovering myself as an artist and figuring out 
what kind of art I want to create, with who do I want to create, um, what message do I want to give out, and, you know, you go on the freelancer's journey, and it's a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of unknown, and uh, when I moved to Seattle, I met Caleb at a party, and um, we just got to talking, I got invited to it was Go Boo 3 at the time, and um, I saw the party, I got to know Caleb more, and more of his vision for Beauty Boys, and for some reason, something in me just knew, when I heard him talk about it, I just could see it, and I was like, this is like a million dollar idea, I believe in this, and I feel like I want to contribute to it, and I want to be a part of it, and so um, I started working with Caleb and the Beauty Boys, and uh, I have been ever since, yeah. I started joining the Beauty Boys back in 2015 because it was a place for the misfit toys, you know what I mean? Like, there was a place for everyone who had an idea that didn't really fit into the mainstream to um, be able to express themselves, um, and I knew a lot of the people who created it, so it just kind of worked. Well, I used to throw events for her with you um, here in Seattle, and once Corona hit, we split ways, far apart ways, and... Beauty Boys was some, I would say someone, a collective that was doing uh, something similar. And so we decided to join up with them. Wes, uh, Caleb reached out, actually, and we had a conversation. And just meeting Caleb in person um, for the Queer Organizers event that you also put on. Um, <laughs> two years in a row just to get all of the event organizers in Seattle together room to like have conversations which was beautiful really great and necessary mm-hmm. uh vibed and yeah I felt comfortable joining a team with Caleb can you describe the Beanie Boys in three words I would say queer obviously <laughs> and activists and powerful we all have a powerful energy that we bring to the community and we're passionate about it I completely agree. This collective that we are a part of is super powerful. So I would describe us as um, passionate, um, tenacious, and talented. And talented. I love it. God. Um, Powerful. Welcoming. Courageous. Hmm. Three words to describe beauty boys. Uh, I would say that they are independent, authentic, and inclusive. Oh. And I think that's what's allowing us to have so much creativity and collaborate with our community so much because we're completely independent and we're all really just thriving off of each other's unique visions. And it's allowing us to create really awesome things right now. Welcoming, definitely. Um, supportive. And... I would say innovative. Mm. Powerful, underrated, and innovative. If you were given three wishes, what would they be? And one of them cannot be asking for more wishes because that's cheating. Well, I'm obsessed with space. So definitely, you know, my first wish would be for a really awesome like bomb.com space 
right here in Capitol Hill that would be free for everyone nice. um, and always open. Uh, I think that would just be incredible. You know, now that we lost our home at Fred, you mm. know, maybe it's Fred reopening. Uh, that would be cool. And, and we own it. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would love to see, uh, you know, Capitol Hill maintain its identity as a space for the QT BIPOC community and really keep that LGBTQ, like, like just kind of like proud streak. Um, and I know that, especially with coronavirus and everything that's happening, it's like so uncertain. But I definitely hope that for our community that we can stay here and stay really strong. Yeah. Was that, how many was that, two? That was two. Um, two really good ones, by the way. Uh, I guess my third one is that what we're learning right now um, in terms of civic engagement and getting out there and making our voices heard um, doesn't go away when the world reopens um, and that it also translates to people registering to vote mm-hmm. and voting this yeah. fall in probably the most consequential election of our lifetime. I Yes, please register to vote. Get out there and vote. Yes, I love that. Those are great. Peace, love, and understanding the world, um, or at least for us to like move in that direction slowly but surely. I feel like we're we're working on it. Um, I would love a wish to just like snap my fingers and hightail to see my family on the East Coast. I really miss them a lot. Um, and I mean, is it also too much to ask for like Corona to not? be a thing, even though it, there has been some good in the environment that it come about. People not being on the roads, out as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for the new normal, whatever that might be in the future. So maybe, like, a cure for corona? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, like, say cure for corona because I felt, like, too pageant That's probably true. That's a good... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, ending world hunger in there, and then we got the trifecta. But, yeah. <laughs> Some kind of some kind of uh, a stabilizer, so that we're not living like this. My first one would be, uh, you know, that we could live in a world where everyone could be respected, no matter their skin color, race, gender, size, orientation, any of that. Um, so, you know, I would just want peace in that regard. Um, my second wish would be to have security, you know what I mean? Being able to take care of my family and whatnot. And my third wish would be to be in the Beyonce Black is King video. Have you watched it? I'm vain with that last one, but I'm telling you. Oh my God, have you watched it? Uh, Four times. Okay, so I don't have Apple TV, so I haven't watched it yet. Oh girl, I'll send you the login. It's (laughs) so good, it's so good. So um, another question, what's your jam? jam mm-hmm. can you elaborate you answer it the way you interpret it that's kind of the uh, fun to that question uh, i guess my jam is overthinking things then <laughs> i love that i love to think <laughs> you're a critical thinker yeah you asked what's my jam before and i told you strawberry jam but that just like came to me in the moment i don't <laughs> even like strawberry jam 
TikTok yet because it's gonna get banned in the U.S. at any moment. Um, yeah. What 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 is that? Um, it, it is this. It's like a Celtic song about um how she is her mother's savage daughter and she runs barefoot and she curses sharp stones and she oh. won't cut her hair or lower her voice and so it's very empowering for women if you're like a free spirit. <laughs> um. I'm like always strawberry, <laughs> never anything else. Um, yeah, you know, I I love kind of like outrageous fashion. Um, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Houston and like a very very well in the Houston, the suburbs of Houston, a very very small community. And when I got out of there and into New York City, I was like, oh honey, she is coming out. So I definitely always have done like lots of outrageous fashion and that's why one of the reasons why beauty voice is like such a resonant um place for me to be and to like kind of like explore that aspect of my identity because i know when i moved to seattle just like the grays and the drab fashion here like really started to bring me down it's like i kind of tone it down because people just used to give me really kind of nasty looks as i was <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to like navigate my my way into uh the more like networking scene here outside of the queer community so yeah definitely my jam is like wearing anything and everything i want and i go through phases i love that um my jam on sandwiches would be strawberry grape or raspberry (laughs) and like my jam um music wise pretty varied i like some acoustic stuff and like hobby wise I like hiking and being outdoorsy oh okay I like that you took like all the possible answers there (laughs) covered all your bases like who are you exactly who do you admire the most I admire anyone who is willing to go through the painful and beautiful process of growth and however that manifests that I notice, I admire those moments of growth. But I am not someone who has, like, a, you know, one person that I idolize or admire or hold on a pedestal. I, It just has never been something that has helped me feel motivated to put someone that high. Um, but I do admire anyone who shows authentic growth and a desire to become better and create. And so anyone who does that, I admire you you're watching this. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. The person I admire like the most in my life has to be my Aya. She's like the most, Yaya's is your great grandmother and she's like the most powerful woman I've ever met. She survived Nazi occupied Greece, came to America with eight kids and her husband died three years later and she raised them, bought a house without any education or knowing English. So and then she raised me for the first 10 years of my life, so. Wow. She's amazing. She sounds like a badass. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love her. She's probably the only person I'd say I love unconditionally in my life. <laughs> I admire my mom the most. My mom has taught me to to really get through whatever it is that the world is going to throw at me. I know that I can I can push through it thanks to my mama. <laughs> How are you contributing to the destruction of white supremacy and the patriarchy? Just well, a just a light question. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, a um, white supremacy patriarchy. I started group called Kupak Hikers uh, for queer people of color to get outdoors and um, destroy the white supremacy that way and stereotype that the outdoors is a place for only white people because anyone can go outside. I love that. I love your hiking group. Thanks. Yeah, it's a nice safe space for us to all gather together and um, take a hike. Well... Um, I've been to some of the protests because it's literally just two blocks up from where I'm at. Nice. So that's been uh, an eye-opening experience, like running from the police and watching just total strangers come together and like protect you. Mm-hmm. I'd actually take my contacts out at one point because some pepper spray got me. And this girl that I had just met like held my hand the whole time and made sure that I like got away from the police as we like made our way through Cal Anderson. And so it was just like... The people you meet are amazing. And then um, a lot of, on social media, I've been getting in trouble with my mom for some of the savage comments I've been responding to family. Good for you. I don't, I'm like, just because we're family doesn't mean I'm going to shut my mouth when you're being a racist or a bigot or whatever. So that's, that's mainly what I've been doing. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, as a white man who really benefits from white supremacy and the patriarchy, um, I am learning to listen and um, value the voices um, of folks who know a lot better than me. And I think that's the most important thing I can do. And then take action where, you know, um, I'm learning, you know, ways in my life specifically. Like, it's not about necessarily me going out and and pointing out what everyone else is doing wrong but it's really about me learning how to stop up personally and how to start up the patriarchy and white supremacy Ooh, i like that and can i ask a follow-up question that actually um might be i mean just a follow-up but how you know i think you probably have a good answer to this but how do you use your privilege as a white man to help like with to be an ally because I know you're an ally but I'd love for you to verbalize it yeah I think you know there's a lot of ways um that I have just been offered the you know an easier route to everything um as a white man and so I take that opportunity um, again, I think that's another way, you know, it goes back to what I do for beauty boys. Um, I take those opportunities and I like to connect people, um, with opportunities that I might have that they might not necessarily see, uh, by being, you know, me and just at, being able to just ask people being connected. So I use that connectivity, um, to help folks that don't really have it. So another fun fact that people don't always know about me and I ask, I'm asking all my teammates this. So in college, I was actually really into um, horror movies, particularly zombie films. I'm still into horror movies and zombie films. I stan for George A. Romero, rest in power. 
He is the most incredible director slash writer and producer. Um, if you don't know who George A. Romero is, Google him. He's so cool. Like, he basically was the creator of Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello. Like, and all of his zombie films had a social satire to them. They, they, they discussed the social, like, social issues that were happening during that time. The original Night of the Living Dead actually had the first male black protagonist in any major motion feature ever. And in an interview with George Romero, he described how he actually drove the reel of this film with this black male protagonist to the production company the day the Martin Luther King was shot. And he was somebody that took his art, he took his creativity, and he did something incredible with it. He, yeah, they're just zombie movies, but the idea of when the world is coming to an end, how people act, how people are, human behavior is fascinating. It's one of the reasons I got my master's in forensic psychology. And I think it's also really poetic to the times that we are living in right now. So I love zombie films. And I always, you know, I'm really, I'm ready. I'm ready for the apocalypse. I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse particularly. So I, you know, asked my team if who would be on their zombie survival team. And I think it's a very important question. And if you haven't thought about that, I, I urge you, think about it. Who would be on your team? Real or fiction? So for myself, I would have to pick my beautiful partner and production manager, producer, extraordinaire, Jazz. They would be on my team, of course, because they keep me level-headed and are the yang to my yin, the yin to my yang. Um, my nephew, he lives with us downstairs, and um, he has to fight in him. He'd be ready to take some zombies down, so I, I, I trust him to, like, handle it. And then, um, mm, the third person I would pick is a Terminator. Yeah. The Terminator who, like, wants to protect, like, me and my family, like, Terminator who wants to protect us, he would be on our team too. And that would be my zombie survival team. I'm a huge zombie survival nerd. If you had to pick three people to be on your their zombie survival team, real or fiction, who would they be? I would go, if I can go fictional, I mean Rick Grimes obviously is going to get you there. <laughs> and then... I'm going to keep it fictional and say Sam and Dean Winchester because they fight every kind of monster. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> you watch Supernatural. I do. I'm a huge Supernatural fan. We are kindred spirits. Yes. We, we are, are going to have a bubble bath hangout one day. <laughs> and watch Supernatural. Who everyone has picked for their zombie survival team is so telling. It's so funny. And I love it. Um, I'm writing from Harry Potter. I don't. I haven't read the books about all of movies but she's got all the answers all the time and she quite is the reason why they're always saved so I need Hermione okay um and then also you know I need somebody who's like gonna fight so probably like either The Rock or John Cena 
And then Oprah Winfrey, because I feel like she's she's diplomatic enough to figure out how to get everybody on the same page. Oh, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really dynamic. All right. So first is going to be my bae, Kayla Carrington. Okay. Got to go with bae on the zombie team. I want to say Beyonce because <laughs> of her resources. So she just seems like an excellent person to have on your team, ultimately. Fact. <laughs> yep. And then lastly, maybe Katara from Avatar, so that way we always have water. <laughs> um, well, as a great fan of The Walking Dead, um, I would say Daryl Dixon because he is strength and brains. Mostly strength. Quiet. Um, effective, I'd say. But then, if I actually start thinking about it, you want to like formulate like a well thought out team. So you want to have like the strength, the brains, a medic, and then the person that like you don't care if they die first, right? <gasps> also, the sacrificial lamb. Um, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Low, high survival. And so I would say medic, um, Meredith Gray, because chief of general surgery. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. For strength, Liam Neeson, because we know he can get the job done. Yeah. Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say I could be brains. Obviously, everyone else has brains, um, so it won't just fall on me. Uh, and then... If we want to, like, sacrifice someone, as horrible as that is, I would say Kanye West. <gasps> Can't run for president anymore because Apocalypse hits before that. Slurry not an option. So I would take my dog because she's cute. <laughs> um, and that's the really the only companion I needed in life. And then I would take uh, you because I can tell that you're uh, bad as fuck and we'll do really well together. <laughs> Um, and then Jeff Bezos, because we need that compound, and I have no problem killing Jeff Bezos after we get inside. Yes, use him for all the resources. Well, my husband, uh, is an automatic in, because yeah. uh, he is a total delight, and, um, he's, like, such, like, a, uh, like, a right brain thinker, so I know that, uh, when it comes time to, like, pack the things or, like, you know, make the communications plan, uh, he's gonna stop me and have that annoying conversation that I've already finished with uh, for like five more minutes. So Jay Reese gets an automatic in. Uh, the Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> because uh, I don't like to fight my own battle. Genius! <laughs> so smart! I, uh, yeah, I've actually never been in a physical altercation in my life. I hope to keep it that way. Good for um, you. I'm more of one of those people who's like kind of like sitting on the throne, um, you know, asking someone else to go like fight, and I'm like, mm, you did okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and then I don't know. Entertainment, maybe. Uh, like let's say Wilson from Castaway, because uh, he's entertaining and he doesn't eat. <laughs> Help save those resources. Yeah, exactly. I see you. That is great. That's a great Everyone idea. needs a mascot. 
had a really great time talking with the with just some of the members of the collective. You gotta understand, the Beauty Boys, it's a collective, and there are a lot of us. And I'm really excited to share it with you and to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Beauty Boys, at Queers Converse, who we are, who I am, and what we hope to bring to you. This podcast will be monthly, and we will be releasing it on all platforms, YouTube, Google, Apple, Spotify, and share it. Subscribe. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. We are Queers Converse, and we'll be conversing hopefully with you very soon. Bye.